Brock Lurie, and this is the Brock Lurie Podcast with me, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Always a pleasure. So you may have noticed that uh, today we did not open up with our uh, one of our commercials. And uh, because, you know, a lot of you have uh, said, let's move on and go directly into the podcast. And that's exactly what we're doing for you. So thanks for your input about that. By the way, thank you so much, everyone who listens to this podcast for... Um, referring it out and, and commanding it to other people. Our listenership is just uh, skyrocketing. It's, it's really wonderful. Thanks for putting out the word. Uh, we ask that, uh, you know, you tell a couple people about it, maybe just two people. Send out an email with a the, with the link to this podcast and uh, spread the good word because we, I think we're really reaching a lot of people. Anyway, uh, we can't do it without you, and it's been a pleasure. So speaking about uh, the big issues of the day, one of the things that irks me is this notion that uh, you hear all the time about the Syrian uh, migrants, right? That they're, they're coming into Europe, 800,000, a million and such, and now they want a whole bunch of them to come into the United States as well. All right, so, you know, you, you start saying, as we have on this show, hey, you know what? Don't you think you ought to vet them? Don't you think that uh, this is going to lead to a bunch of increase in rapes? Don't you think this is going to lead to more terrorism and, and violent mayhem and thefts and such like that? And they say to you, they look at you menacingly, like you're being a racist and like, how dare you say that about a whole group of people, right? This is, this is how they talk to you. But the truth is that, um, you know, you, it's, it's weird how they are, they, they so jump on you. And yet, and yet, when it comes to Christians, they do exactly the same thing, right? They, they, they say that Christians are all there that are that what they want to do is they want to take over Israel, that they are really out there to uh, ram their morality down you, and that they're engaging in all sorts of uh, terrorism, and they don't trust any Christians and such like that. And people who believe in God, are they're more responsible for all the evils of the world and such. So, and a huge difference between what we just said about the Syrian migrants on the one hand and Christians on the other hand is that the Syrian migrants actually say, we want Sharia law, we want to change your culture, and we want, to, we want to destroy you. And, and that's a huge difference, isn't it? Right? They, they say they want to destroy us. That They, they say that our civilization is contemptible. Um, that they, they, they say that their way is the best way. Um, and they mock Christianity and Judaism for that matter. They want to destroy us all. They say so. And by contrast, you can't possibly say that about, about Christianity. Christianity doesn't say, in any context, let's destroy all Muslims, let's destroy all Jews, or anybody that doesn't think like us. This is in fantasy land. This is in, it's in moral, moral equivalence land, but it's fantasy. It doesn't exist. It's a way of dealing with a very unpleasant situation by saying, well, it's the same thing here. You know, it's a little bit like, it's actually, it's a bad analogy, but I'll make the analogy nonetheless. You're a parent, and you see the kids fighting. Okay, and the kids are fighting in a very bad way, and uh, one kid has started it. One is, you know, bleeding terribly, and uh, they both say, "Well, the other started it," and you say, "I don't care who started it. You know, you're both punished." Well, but it, that's not fair, is it? One one kid is responsible. One is to blame, and I think that's the equivalent of what so many people looking at the Syrian migration crisis. Uh, this is how they resolve their problem in their heads. They decide, well, you know what? 
it, yes, it's crappy over there. It's bad things are happening over here, but but over there, but it's also happening over here. Therefore, it's it's all good. You know, we, we have to deal with it in no, the same. We're not way. perfect either. Yeah. So if we have to suffer a little of this, so be it. Right. And and they lie to themselves to say that it's the same thing over there that's happening, as as or rather that what was whatever's happening over here is the same over there and vice versa. And over here, of course, you know, in America. You know, we're not seeing, you know, routine beheadings. We're not seeing rape rooms and such like that. Crucifixions. Yeah, we're not seeing crucifixions. We're not, we're not seeing all this, this garbage. Um, but so they, they lie to themselves by believing it's the same. And therefore, you know, we're being racist if we bring up anything like that. Okay. So it's garbage, right? But nevertheless, they want, they use this language and they say it all the time. Not all Syrians are this way which is always true, of course, but they make, they, they put the burden of proof on you, right? They basically say, you prove to me that there's a real danger here. But when it comes to Christians, it's exactly the reverse. You prove to me that Christians are good. That's what they want you to do. Do you understand? And Ari and I are both saying this as, as Jews. We love Christians. We, we, we thank Christians for their existence. We, I mean, without, without, without Christianity, what kind of world would we have? It would be a miserable, miserable place. Let's face it. I mean, I, I, I love being Jewish and I love who we are, but if we didn't have our Christian brothers, civilization itself would collapse. And there certainly would be no Israel and there'd no. be no Jews. Exactly right. If, we, if you think that a world devoid of Christians would have ended World War II the way it did, you're absolutely wrong. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's, let's move on, though. I want to make another comparison to this. So, again, remember, all Syrians are good. Okay, all the migrants are good, and the random, you know, bad apple in that. Well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't throw away everything just because a couple of bad apples do some bad things, and and we're saying yes, you should, <laughs> you you should at least vet them in some sort of process. We're not talking about throwing them away either. We're just talking about leaving them in the barrel. Yeah, exactly. That's fair enough. <laughs> or, you know, there's a reason why we have boundaries for that matter. But I'm I'm simply talking about outlook and perspective. So the perspective that they demand of us is that we see them as all good, okay? And then, and, and keep it in great context that it's one out of a million that do bad things, a one out of 10 million for that matter. They, they want us to just literally ignore the rape rooms and the murders and the, the, the demands for takeover that they constantly make, okay? But, but when it comes to Christianity, like we just talked about, um, it's exactly the opposite. We have to prove that there's a good Christian out there, right? That's, that's the amazing thing about this. And there are so many. I mean, you, you, it's exactly the opposite. The, the Christians are the, are, are the, are the group that, that are promoting so much good in the world. Let's face it. They are. And, and it's, I'm trying to find that unicorn called the Christian who wants to blow up uh, everything in, in the world. I, I just don't see it. You find me that unicorn, please. Anyway, they make it seem it's it's, it's the exact same thing. I think it's Tavis Smiley said, you know, he had, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Um, Somali woman who... Um, oh, Hirsi Ali. Yeah, Hirsi Ali as, as a guest. And he tried to make that moral equivalence thing. And he said to her, you know, when, when she was saying that all this terrible stuff is happening in the Muslim world, he said, Tavis Smiley said, well, we have it right here in America. Christians are blowing up things all the time and killing people all the time. And, and I could do this all day long, he said, as if somehow there's a big list he was about to pull out. And she was kind of stunned because she's, she's not American. She's very 
eloquent in English and, and very fluent and such, but but she didn't have the information at her fingertips to say, you're crazy. That, that doesn't happen here. And well, believe me, it would be showcased and, and broadcast you know, on, on CNN 24 hours a day for months. You know, the great Christian killer, John Smith, who sought to kill and maim all these innocent Muslims. You better believe it would be on CNN 24 hours a day, not unlike the Malaysian Airlines that, would, that fell somewhere randomly in the Pacific, right? That's what would have happened. Anyway. The tragic events of Leviticus 7.14. Yes, Yes, exactly. And I remember that episode of of Tavis Smile with her, Sarah And You're right, she didn't have the information at her fingertips, but her stunned response spoke volumes. This is an educated woman. And she had an expression on her face as the information hit her with that impulse that said, this does not compute. Right. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's all she had to say, though. Unfortunately, she didn't say it. Um, but you know what? It's it's hard to blame her. It's it's very hard when you It wasn't an area of expertise she had. No, I mean, it's not why she was there. Right. She was there to talk about Muslim atrocity. Yeah. It's, it's just there's no comparison. And because there's no comparison because there's, there's literally no comparison. Yes. All right. Then the same thing. It's not, not just Christianity, by the way. It's also when it comes to employers and big business, Right. All employers and big business, as you know, are bad, <laughs> according to the liberal community. Okay, so I just want I want liberals to treat employers and big business the same way they treat the, the Syrian migrants. Assume that most, the vast majority of employers and big business are not criminals. <laughs> How about that? Just just do that for me. And yes, the, there will be some employers and some big businesses that that try to do things fraudulently and try to you know, skim and, and, and really um, abuse their employees. I get that. But the vast majority, shall we say, are not that way. But you, you couldn't possibly get them to reconcile those two things because it's so clearly a perspective that is so wrongfully uh, exercised against big business. The same thing with uh, American history, for that matter, right? Think about that. You know, uh, the vast majority of American history is fantastic, Right? The, the, the exercise of freedom and the advancements that America has had, not only from a freedom point of view, but, but from an innovation point of view, from a cultural point of view, from a medicine uh, you know, development point of view, um, all these wonderful things that America has brought to the world from the spread of liberty point of view, right? And, but no, they, they have to look at, um, at whatever they can to, to demonize America as possible, as much as possible. America is a horrible country, according to these people. So, yes, America may have done some good things here and there, but <laughs> the vast majority of what America's history is all about is evil, you know, because it once had slaves, you understand. And also, there's some, there's some false story, by the way, of, of uh, a soldier who decided to put uh, a blanket full of smallpox virus on uh, and gave it to the Indians, hoping that that would decimate them. Of course, there's no truth to that story, nothing whatsoever. Uh, and, but, but nevertheless, they, they present that as if that's somehow emblematic of all American history, right? This is how evil we all are. Compared, and putting even that aside, even if we, even if we had that story, even if America had a lot of bad stuff in its, in its past, and it does not, it really doesn't. From, from a standpoint of goodness, it, it is but a, but a, a pinprick of, of, uh, of a blemish on... America. That, that's what it is. It's a pinprick. It's there. It's not perfect. But comp- and compare that to the rest of any other country in the world, 
You, you can't possibly beat America. There's just no, no stretch. But nevertheless, you know, somehow America is, the vast majority of American history is evil. We just want them to employ the same attitude they have, they want us to have towards Syrian migrants to American history. Try that. And then finally, why not, uh, why not about America's history with racism and conservatives from, uh, for that matter, right? Like, how, how about assuming that the vast majority of conserva conservatives are well-intentioned, okay? You, may, you don't have to agree with us. Just assume that we are well-intentioned, that we, that we want the best for the country, that we, that we all want um, uh, racism to die out completely, that we think we have the answers to, to kill racism, that we think that we have the answers to, to end poverty and so forth and to rise you know, the economy as much as possible. possible. Uh, but, but no, their assumption is that the vast majority of conservatives are, are evil and greedy. And if we're not evil and greedy, then we're stupid. That's the vast majority. That you and I, you understand, the, the ones that speak out toward you know, the benefits of conservative, conservatism and so on, we're the exceptions, you see. We're, we're good guys. Yeah, we're, it's, it's almost like racism towards We're the, the good guys, the only two good in guys. The, in the Jim Crow era where yeah. some white racist would say, uh, about, say, Jackie Robinson, yeah, you're, one, you're the good one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like them other ones. Yeah. And, and I love it as, as a conservative when this happens and you, you explain your vision, how you want everything to be good for everyone and all that, and yeah. they say, well, I don't know about that. I've heard right. they say the opposite about conservatism, and then you say, "But I'm telling you, I'm right. conservative, and I'm telling you, right. I'm right here. <laughs> Why are you believing something from someone else?" Yeah. yeah, well, I don't know about that. That's right, because because well, you don't fit the the picture that right. they've they've assigned for themselves about conservatives, or for that matter, America or anything else. All, <laughs> all we ask, my liberal friends, all we ask you is to be consistent in your perspective. Right? You can't have it both ways. You can't, on the one hand, demand that we view everyone in such positive light when it comes to the Syrian migrants and say that they're all good people, and then at the same time decide that uh, everyone in, in America and Christians and conservatives, for that matter, are bad people. Okay, wait, Which is it? Do you understand, my liberal friends, the, the inconsistency with which you uh, approach your lives, that, that, that you... That you, that you literally go into demonstrations about this and say how evil we are and how great the Syrians are. Understand that, and then maybe there'll be a little germ of a cognitive dissonance that will, that will fight you and maybe open the door toward understanding uh, that you should be a conservative. Because if you were a conservative, then this is the way you would view the world. You'd say, you, you'd treat everyone with a little bit of suspicion you would, you would understand that the best thing in the world is checks and balances. That's, that protects everyone in all fields. Okay? It, it, it's true in Christianity. It's certainly true in Judaism. Uh, it's true in uh, American politics and, and otherwise. And it's true in the Syrian migrant crisis situation. You, you would expect, look, you want Syrians in there? Ask yourself some questions. You know, at what, to what extent are you going to demand that they adopt European culture, not that European culture demand Islamic culture? At what, at what point? This, this, is, this is the answer, okay? So this kind of lends itself a little bit to uh, kind of a big picture thing that we, we talk about all the time on the show, um, that, that liberalism never thinks of consequences. 
right? Never thinks things through, and more particularly. And I and I I love understanding liberalism. I think Ari, you said it very well. You you know, once you go conservative, once that door opens, you never go back, right? I mean, it's like uh, it's, it's like the one-way door that exits uh, a ride at, at the zoo where they have the bars on the revolving thing. You simply, it's never open for you. Yeah. You can't get back in. Well, yeah, I mean, allow you. Yeah, but, but it's also even from a preference point of view. But let's, let's, let's say that the bar does get back. I, I like your, your analogy. But oh, yeah, you never, you never want to go you back. You never want either. to. It's a little bit like, you know, a black and white TV. I remember when I was a little kid, we had a black and white TV. Right, and then there's this. I mean, color, color TV was out there, but it was expensive. And once we had color TV, we never wanted to go back. Right, you just you don't go back. Never wanted to watch TV in the kids' room again. That's right. From that old clunker. Yeah, or uh, to a more modern uh, development is HD TV. Right, and most HD, most TVs now that you buy are have the uh, high high definition. Right, and once you have it, you don't want to go back to the old way. It it just just doesn't look good at all. And you, you wonder, why was I ever watching this in the first place? And I think that's the way it is with conservatism. Once you understand that conservatism asks the question, what are the consequences of this policy or this idea? Um, then, then you must, you, you stay with it because that's what conservatism constantly demands. Consequences, consequences, consequences. Understand that. And then you'll always be conservative. And, and one note on the idea or concept of consequences. Not all consequences are negative. A consequence sure. is just what happens when you take XYZ action. Yeah. So a consequence could be something like, hey, let's cut taxes dramatically. And the consequence is everyone has more money. Oh, that's true. That's true. Consequences are good. But we ask the question, what are the consequences? Yeah. Regardless. And can we please do things that give us good ones? Right. But even liberals and that, that's a good example. Even liberals, when it comes to the reduction in taxes, don't even care about the good consequences because you'll tell them. You'll say, hey, dude, um, just look at all the graphs that show that when we reduce taxes, the, the revenues for the government rose dramatically. And what you do with them, well, we can fight about that later. But presumably you want more revenues for the government so you can do all the great projects that you want. So isn't that a good consequence? And they'll, and they'll look at you blankly and they'll say either they don't believe you, for one thing. That's, that's very often the answer. But they'll say, well, I think it's a matter of fairness. Right. That, that's what they'll do. It's that, that old thing where you say to someone, hey, you won, and they go... But I didn't win the right way. Yeah, it's 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 a little weird. It's a it's a strange way, way of thinking. I don't know. Liberals seem to be caught in their ways. They're they're stuck in their ways. It's. Uh, I remember talking to Dennis Prager. Um, we've we've become friends at this point, and I and I really, you know, I so admire him, and he's he's really helped inform a lot of the way I think and such. And he's given me comfort in the way that I think. I, before I spoke. Before I listened to Dennis Prager and, and other conservative talk radio, but especially Dennis, I, I thought I was a lone voice out there. And maybe you did too, to some extent. I, I, I felt, okay, maybe I'm just kind of loony. I just, this is the way I think. And then I start listening to the radio station with Dennis on it, and I realize, oh, wow, there's a lot of people that think very similarly to me. And, and then, you know, I started advertising with it, and I, I did my Sunday show and such like that, and, and it's... It's resonating, and he and I talk a lot. And at one point, I remember talking to him and telling him, you know, one of the great moments that I had, one of the great epiphanies I had is when I decided to let go of my uh, 
um, resentment of Christians. I, I realized that I was at a distorted view of Christianity, and I suddenly realized that actually Christianity and its history was marvelous, that, that it actually blossomed the world into the civilization that we now know. Yeah, you know, yes, Judaism is fantastic, but we're only 13 million on the planet. At our height, we were 18 million before World War II. And with 13 million people, you really can't influence that much. As much as, as influential as we are, we're not 2.5 billion people like the Christians are. We need that number. And they are advancing the Ten Commandments. They are advancing uh, the notion of a moral uh, God and a one that demands justice. We are doing it too, but th there's a lot more of them. And so that's wonderful, and I appreciated that. And I remember telling this to Dennis. You know, I, I remember this was a, a good moment in my life. And you know what he said to me in response? He smiled and he said, I had exactly the same moment, and it was liberating. And I said, yes, that's the word I should be using, liberating. It liberated me when I, I stopped thinking in that paradigm. And, and that's what I, I beg you, liberal listeners, to do. Stop thinking the way you think right now. Your perspective is warped. It is wrong, especially when it comes to Christianity. Understand that Christianity are your friends, that, that it is your friend. It is one of the single greatest um, advances, and that America is your friend, that, that truly what, what you were told in elementary school, if, you were old, if you're old enough, that America was good and you did the Pledge of Allegiance and such, understand that they are right. Understand that we truly were the, the greatest blessing upon the world. And understand that those who are evil are indeed evil, that there's no moral equivalence, that not, not all cultures are the same. You should understand that. And when you do understand that, not only will you end up making good decisions in terms of your outlook on the world, but you too will feel liberated. And it's about time we all do. All right, when we get back, uh, we'll talk more about, uh, a little bit more about the Syrian migration uh, crisis situation, but we'll also talk about uh, something else that I, I love, which of course is Christianity itself and uh, the, the, the perceptions that people have of Christianity. So this is the flip side of the podcast, so they're very related. Don't go away, we'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case where your client invested $100,000 with her accountant who put her into various fake real estate investments. Yes, the challenge here was that neither the attorney nor the client were really focusing on this case. So what'd you do? At the deposition, I had a big stack of documents that I told her I was going to ask her to testify about. I made sure she saw those documents and let her know her serious exposure. We settled for the full amount of the payments my client had paid her. We didn't even start the deposition. Litigation is a lot about understanding the psychology of your opposing party and sometimes the opposing counsel. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right. Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, 
As we discussed uh, before the, the past half hour, we were going to talk a little bit about the bizarre um, uh, treatment of Christians by non-Christians. Not, and I'm not even talking about uh, how Muslims have engaged in a uh, radical Muslims, of course, in the Middle East have engaged in this de facto genocide of Christians and anybody not like them, but particularly targeting Christians. Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how we in the West, how we in America demonize Christians in a, in a really bizarre way. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Uh, we are Jewish, Ari and I. Uh, we both are big fans of Christians, as you know. And, and here's what I can tell you from the front lines of people that are not, uh, are not Christians, whether they're Jewish or Christians who don't identify themselves as Jewish or had no Christian upbringing for whatever reason. When, when you explain to them, hey, listen, you know, these Christians are such good supporters of Israel. I mean, the, the true Christians, of course, the people who, are, who, who believe that Jesus is their savior, that he died for their sins, uh, that he rose from, um, from, rose from the dead. Uh, those people who, who really embrace Christianity in the full sense of the word, uh, they are very pro-Israel. And they will respond, and, and this is the, the mantra that I want to get out there, they will respond, oh, the only reason for that is because they believe that it is necessary for the rapture and that what they're really doing is that they, yes, they're supportive of, of Israel, but only because they believe the Jews need to be there during the rapture and at which point the Christians will take it over and convert everyone to Christianity all over again. To which I say, are you nuts? I mean, really, just it's such an absurd statement. Well, yeah, that's what they believe. And I said, have you talk to, for example, oh, I don't know, a Christian and actually interviewed them about why they support Israel? Well, I mean, that's my understanding about Christians. I said, answer the question, have you talked to a devout Christian who supports Israel as to why they support Israel? And they will say, well, not really. Okay, so you're telling me what Christians think without having spoken to a single friggin' Christian about why they believe what they believe. Well, I guess so, but I, that's what I, I believe they believe. You see, this is, this is a very similar theme, right? They, they tell you conservatives, we conservatives, what we think, you know, what, that, that we Rachel, are... Because Rachel Maddow told them That's right, what exactly, yeah. This is the way the, 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 Christian, the conservatives think we're all about greed and what else are we? Racism. Racism, that's right. Greed and racism. Homophobia. Yeah. Uh, keeping the status quo and to keep, making, the, keep uh, minorities down and keeping the poor down because it benefits us, you understand. And, of course, we're for dirty air and dirty water. Oh, yes. I, I didn't even know we were for that's those right. things you, until Rachel Maddow told me. We <laughs> that's right. That. So, okay. But so they also likewise tell you what Christians are thinking without having ever interviewed a one of them, right? So then I have some fun with these people. I say, okay, so you ha we, we've acknowledged now that you have not, we've, we've, uh, we've, um, we've proven now that you've not spoken to a single Christian. But I believe that's what, what they talk about. That's fine, okay. So your thinking is that all these Christians all think this way, right? Well, yeah, okay without having interviewed even one of them. And uh, so let me get this straight. They, they would, that would basically require this huge, huge conspiracy going on, right? Because 
they've sure managed to fool me and sure managed to fool my friend Ari here. You know, because silly old us, we thought that what they said to us, what, what we actually interviewed them about it, was the truth, <laughs> which is that they support Israel because Israel is a Judeo-Christian country that supports democratic values, and they believe that, that uh, Israel is a great nation and that those who support the Jews will be blessed and those who curse the Jews will be cursed. They've learned that, and it says so in the New Testament and the Old Testament. And you know what? They've adopted that approach, and they thought, hey, we're not stupid. <laughs> and, and, if, and they're also good uh, advocates of history, and they know, students of history, they know that, uh, gosh, golly, it's played out pretty consistently throughout history. Those who've cursed the Jews have been cursed, and those who've blessed have been blessed. So why would they go away from that script, right? But no, it's a big conspiracy, so I say, let me get this straight. Okay, so everyone's conspiring on this, but they're all keeping it mum. Well, I guess, yeah, they, they sometimes say to me. And if they're Jewish, I say to them this. I say, and, and you know, it's so, it's so disgusting. And I, and I tell them directly, it's so disgusting that you believe that, my friend, because this is exactly what our enemies in the past have said about us, we Jews, that, they, we, that we somehow have a secret cabal, right? The, the protocols of the, of the elders of Zion, right? This, this uh, false narrative that, that developed, that somehow was a, that, that we actually have a plan to take over the world and take over the financial institutions. We were the victims of that conspiracy theory. And now you would do the same? Aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you ashamed? And you know, every one of them, to, to a man, when they realize the correlation, their, their, their face blanches. Every single one. And it's because they, they really begin to see themselves doing the exact same thing that they themselves have been accused of. And I'm, ta I'm talking about the Jews, we, we, you know, our, our fellow liberal Jews. I, look, they, they mean well. And, and a lot of them will say, gosh, you know, well, we have a very strange history with the Christians. Not really, not as much as you may think. In fact, the, the Christian community uh, was very protective of not only the Jews during World War II. It, you know, the, the Nazis were not Christians. This is a big libel, by the way. No, Bonhoeffer and the, the Christian they, they were, the Catholic priests of Germany were the only people who put up any real resistance to the that's Nazis. That's right. And, and throughout history, the real Christians not the ones who were born Christian and had no real sense of it. The ones who were truly Christian, uh, they, they were the ones who tended to support the Jews more than anything else. They understood that God would not want a persecution of a, of a people. Of course not. It, it, it runs totally afoul to whatever Jesus taught them, what they've learned that Jesus taught. Of course. It's so basic. And, it, and, and was the Catholic Church or the Church for that matter perfect? No. There were, there were mistakes. Martin Luther had some issues. The, 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 the Catholic popes of old had some issues here and there. But it doesn't mean that the, the institution of Christianity itself was anti-Semitic. You see, the, it's, like, it's like saying that um, some priests are pedophiles, therefore all, that, therefore Catholicism encourages pedophilia. Of course, that's an absurd syllogism, right? And likewise with anything else that you can point to. I mean, there's some people are... Uh, some Americans were arsonists, therefore all Americans are arsonists, right? It, it's, it's silly. Yeah, and 
to your point about acts of anti-Semitism by Christians and Christian leaders, the modern Christians who have learned from that thing called history that you cited at the beginning yeah. are the ones who have learned this lesson mostly from the actions of those who saw their people cursed by their action when they cursed the Jews in their time. Right, right. It's, it's a really bizarre outlook that, that people have. And the, and the question becomes, you know, look, I, I was one of these people. I was one of these people that, that had a hostility toward Christians. A Christian phobe. A Christian phobe, yeah. You know what? That would be a fair statement. Um, and I remember going at Stanford, there was a Christian group. Uh, they were called the Campus Crusade for Christ, CCC. They didn't call them the Cardinals Campaign for Christ? <laughs> no, the no. Cardinal would have been a better name, uh, but well, I digress. <laughs> yes, you do. And the point is that, you know, I, I thought about these people, and I saw them as the enemy, right? Yeah. I saw them, they're, they're, they're out there to... Uh, convert everyone and to force their way into everyone and, and take your Playboy magazines away and keep uh, telling dirty jokes or I mean, whatever. Yeah, not even that. I mean, yeah. just just this notion that they were going to impose their values on us. Yes. And and then one day I had a crazy notion, crazy. I decided to talk to them. <gasps> yeah. He gets. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Listen, ch- children, do not try this at home. <laughs> Talking to the people with whom you disagree. Of course, no, it's, it's a wonderful thing to do that. And, and there was a couple of guys uh, down the hallway, um, and they were born-again Christians, and they were very proud of it. They loved you too, and, and other Christian bands and such. And um, just nice guys. And I, and I thought of them at first as the enemy, with a capital E. And then I thought I'd, I started talking to them. And as I spoke to them, I thought, you know, these guys are really quite cool. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't embrace the Jesus aspect of it or the Christian aspect of it, but I, I came to understand that these guys could not be more pleasant, could not be more um, understanding of, of civilization and more appreciative of Jews, um, that, that we have so much in common they, weren't, they never tried to convert me. They never tried to impose anything. All these things I, I imposed upon them by projection, not by projection, but all the things I imposed upon them, it turns out they weren't doing. Why won't they fit my script? And I was a little bit upset with them. So I, I said, well, these must not be the, the, the terrible demons that I expected them to be. Yeah, they're surely the real Christians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I went to, so, you know, there's... There were more of them, of course, and I went to other people. You know, let me meet some other other people. And sure enough, th- th- these other Christians didn't fit the script either. And I was like, what the hell is the matter with you people? <laughs> You're supposed to fit my image of you, <laughs> right? You know, be, be demonic. Be, be, you know, be arrogant. Convert me. Yes. Whip me a little. <laughs> that's right. Nail me to a stick. I'm Jewish. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's what the Jew, the Jewish stereotype of Christians. Uh, no, are. But, but well, it's not just the no, it's not the Jewish. No, let's let's be no, careful no. here. No, no, a lot of liberal Jewish stereotype. Of but it's a lot. Of, no, no. At this point, it's what are liberals are. It's not just Jewish liberals. It's liberals generally speaking. They have this, this. This, uh, this supposition that Christians want to impose so much upon you that they're just chopping at the bit to, to criminalize all women who have an abortion to, uh, to, I don't know, to, I mean, I guess that's the biggest issue of the of day. To, to, oh, yeah, to, to, to burn every gay person on the, on the, on the, at the stake. And get rid of every Kurt Vonnegut book, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so we should have started with that yeah. one, right? No, but, but you get the idea that they, they, they have this notion, like, that they're so active. 
you know, frankly, I wish they were that active. I, I, I mean, only to defend themselves a little bit more, to be, to say how great Christianity is, and to step up and say, you know what, with all due respect, my fellow Americans who are not Christians, uh, with all due respect to my fellow uh, world citizens who don't um, understand the value of America and the value of what Christianity has given to the world, I want you to know something. Without us, we Christians, there would not be a Western civilization. There would not be a university. There would not be a democracy. Thank you very much. There were, your sense of freedom derives entirely because of the push that, that we Christians have made. That's what you need to know. And I wish our fellow Christian listeners would, would listen to and, and embrace and talk about it. Don't be, don't be shy, folks. Okay? Because I'll tell you one thing. Um, the radical Muslims out there, they're certainly pushing their faith in a way, in a contemptuous way, to demonize Christians and Jews for that matter. And so you got to speak up. You just have to fight. You have to at least defend yourself and say why you are worth something. What, you, you need to create the image and the truth for that matter about what Christianity is really all about, what Christianity is for, what it means. Uh, I think they, they, unfortunately, a lot of our Christian friends are so worried about um, being perceived as pushy that in the process, they don't speak enough for themselves. Well, of course, if you saw a, a stereotype of yourself promulgated everywhere in culture, right? Uh, you'd, of course, do everything you could not to uh, do things that would make people think that stereotype is realistic. Right. Yeah, that's true. But there's an expression, though, in, in Hebrew, and I, I don't know the Hebrew, but it doesn't matter. I, won't, I don't typically like to speak the Hebrew and then, and then translate it in English. So I'll just do the, the translation in English, which is, if I am not for myself, who will be? Right? So, and that, that is a lesson that Christians need to understand. One of the things that I would love to see and I know it's hard to, I can't speak to the entire Christian world, but I can tell you as a Jew, it wasn't until we spoke up for ourselves that we fought back that the world took us seriously. Until then, we were guests in other people's countries. Until the formation of Israel, no one took us seriously. And we said, enough is enough. We said, never again. And we, were, we jumped when somebody made an anti-Semitic comment because we knew how these things would, would come into play. I, I, and I think Christians need to, to understand that they are now facing a, an anti-Christianism that's going on and that they are the new Jews, so to speak. Right? They're facing the same thing that we are very familiar with. And the, the anti-Semitism that used to be was, was very much not part of Christianity. It was antithetical to Christianity. And to the extent that it happened from Christians, they were the anomaly. But, but unfortunately, the very notable anomaly, right? You, you, just like we talked about salience before, about the planes that, you know, the only time you, you hear about a plane is when it crashes. You don't hear about the, all the planes that land safely yeah, every day. News at 11. Yeah. Southwest 535 for Phoenix <laughs> got in safely. Yeah. It, 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 don't, it don't happen. No how, right? Yeah. And that's the same thing. So you hear about the Inquisition... You hear about the Crusades, but you don't hear about all the good that Christianity has, had provided. That gets the silent treatment, and it shouldn't. On the contrary, there was so much good that came out of it. 
look, we, we Jews are sensitive uh, to uh, Christianity. We've been we've been taught largely, you know, oddly enough, by some Christians themselves how bad Christianity was. But you know what? These, these are the the same. In a sense, they're self-hating Christians, if you will. Just like we have self-hating Americans, right? They, they constantly are bashing on America, and it's the it, we call them liberals. A lot of them do that. It's it's it seems to be almost. Um, axiomatic that if you're a liberal, then you're you're expected to dislike America at least a little bit, right? They say, oh yeah, there's some nice things about America. I like that July Fourth thing. That's kind of cool. I like that Thanksgiving thing. That's kind of cool too. But uh, you know, America is a pretty bad country, and I think a lot of Christians, unfortunately, uh, feel the same way about Christianity. That for whatever reason, who knows? Maybe they feel that they don't buy the Jesus story anymore. Maybe when they were uh, raised by the, in the Catholic Church, they, there was a nun or a, a teacher that was not as nice to them as they would have liked to, and so they rejected all of Catholicism. Who knows the reason why? But they, they've now rejected Christianity and Catholicism in a way that's actually very destructive to our very civilization itself. We, we forget the building blocks of why we are here. I, I haven't. Ari, you haven't. We're very grateful to the Christians out there. But until we appreciate that, I, I fear for Christianity itself. So in the same way that you Christians fight for Israel, I want us, we Jews, to fight for Christianity. And I want Christians to fight for Christianity. I want you to be vocal about it. Get out there and be proud of it. Don't be embarrassed at any moment. I mean, a lot, a lot of my Christian friends feel like they shouldn't talk too much about their Christianity. You know what? Go ahead. Have fun. Because you know what? It's really interesting. And people love your passion. And it's, it's fascinating. It's wonderful. Uh, you and I, a Christian and, and Jew, we'll spend all day long talking about God and the latest discoveries that you and I have made. I, I got to tell you, you've heard both Ari and I speak a lot about about God, right? About the proof of God, so to speak. A lot of it has come from just really wonderful conversations that we've had with Christians who are very, uh, very involved in, in establishing God and uh, that knowing God must exist. And it was because of these very wonderful conversations that, that triggers other ideas that we have. And we kind of shared these ideas and it just proliferated in such a wonderful way. But no man is an island, as they say, and I learned a lot from my Christian friends, a lot. So uh, part of, I've learned a lot about how to raise a family, for example. Uh, one of my Mormon friends taught me that one of the most uh, famous Mormon expressions is that no success in business justifies a failure as a father, which to me resonated, as soon as I heard that, I just, couldn't wait to be a dad, and I couldn't wait to be a great dad at that. Um, and, and so many of my Christian friends taught me about freedom and what freedom really means. Freedom not just from, from bondage, but freedom from jealousy, freedom from, um, from your, your basic instincts. These are, that's true freedom and what free will really means. I learned that from my Christian friends. So, and I thank them all for that. This, this notion, going back to the very beginning, that that's, Christians are somehow this, this hostile group that needs to be guarded against and such, it's, it's, it's a little bit like, I don't know, coming up uh, with a, 
an analogy right away, like worrying about uh, the onslaught of butterflies that's going to about to attack. Like, no, butterflies don't attack, first of all, and there's no onslaught of them either. And yet they, the, the anti-Christianists are out there demonizing Christians in such a way to, to make them seem like as if they're roaming wolves out there. And that if you don't guard the gates, well, then by golly, they're going to come into your home and terrorize your family. And, and so why would, you, why would you want to adopt that mentality, right? I mean, for your own sake, why would you want to create monsters in your head uh, about some phantom enemy that's about to attack? Why would you want to make anyone who isn't an enemy into an enemy? Right, exactly. That's the point. That's even better, a better way of putting it. And why wouldn't you at least study and ask these people, what do you really want? Why do you really support Israel? Uh, why do you support the Jewish community for that matter? And then you'll, you'll learn. I mean, what's, what's the harm in that, for one thing? Look, I, I have, we have little children. And I'm sure, Ari, that you've had the following conversation with each one of your, your children. Because I, I know I've had that they think something horrible is going on outside, in the backyard. They, they imagine a ghost or a monster. And you tell them, sweetie, it's only a tree branch. It's not a monster. Right? You've had that conversation. No. Okay, well, <laughs> I have, okay? okay? And the point that I'm saying I'm is... I'm not contradicting you. I'm, right. just, I'm just like, is that that's what's going to happen in my future? Because I'm scared of the monster, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about the phantom monsters like ISIS. I'm, I mean, sorry, the real monsters like <laughs> ISIS. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, monsters where they don't need to be monsters, right? You, you want to say... In the closet. Yeah, the, the, closet the one in the closet that you think is, you know, about to eat you or something like that. Okay, look, that's not a monster. There are bad guys out there, but not this one, okay? And that... That moving thing that you think is a monster is just a, a, a tree shaking in the wind or a dog that, that kind of roamed into the backyard. It, it's not some dinosaur like my son thinks it is. <laughs> he swears it's a dinosaur. But, but, but here we are. You know, as a parent, we're, we feel pain for our kids, right, because they are believing something that is fearful to them, that causes them fear. And yet... So many of our friends do exactly the same thing, right? They, they create monsters out of our Christian friends who only want to help us. That's the irony. It, the analogy that I made previously with the swinging tree and the, that kind of, or the, you know, the swinging tree doesn't, doesn't want to help us. It, that, the Christian does. He, he wants to support us. And, and here's what I love about Christians even more. Because so many of us, uh, we, we Jews, and I'm speaking about mostly disaffected secular Jews because that's the reality. When you hear this number that most Jews are liberal, which is true, um, I think it's 80% of them or so, most of them are secular. They don't go to temple. They have no sense of Judaism other than the cultural part of it. They like the Passover things with the matzah balls, and, and they might have mezuzah on their doors. That's the little Torah scroll that you'll see uh, at, a, at a slant um, in, in a Jewish home. But it's just purely cultural. Or even just an ethnicity. Yeah, like a that's skin fine. Color. Yeah, I mean, like some of my relatives uh, have very little sense of uh, God at all. One of them is an atheist, another was an agnostic. And, uh, but, but don't ever tell them that they're not a Jew. So, but the point is that 
80% of them are, are that way. But that 80% is very vocal. And what I love about Christians is they still embrace us. They still love us Jews, even though they know a lot of the, the, the Jews, at least the secular ones, have this little guarded sense about Christians. And these Christians are saying, listen, I understand, but we still love you anyway. And we want to be your friends. They're reaching out to us. And what a shame that we're not taking their hand and, and shaking it. Because you know what? We need them to be on our team to fight the real monsters out there. Monsters known as ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas, and any, any version in between. Okay? Because there are plenty of those. Anyway, until that day that we realize that the Christians are, are, are our side, uh, I, I think we'll have a lot of pain. We Jews. And I think the day that we embrace the Christians, as we should, we will not only have stronger Christians, we'll also have stronger Jews as well. We might actually grow in number at some point, too. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you real soon.